Hi, my name is Erin. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm... Ruben, that's it. No pronouns. Dave Ruben, Ruben Report, February 27th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and locals. As always, share, subscribe, tap that notification bell, and uh, we've got that post-game show where you can add comments, you can ask me questions, you can correct factual errors, or offer up conspiracy theories at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, we got a big show for you today, and right before we started, Connor, uh, well, Phoenix said it was a 9-8. Connor, did you offer a counter to that? Because we've got a 9-8. He's setting me on a high bar on a Monday. 9-2. Wow, Daphne. 9-5. All right. Okay, we'll see what happens. Uh, we got a big show for you. I'm refreshed. Weekend. Uh, just so everybody knows, because I'm getting a lot of messages about it. Kids and David feeling much, much better. By the way, I had said a couple times on the show that the kids had COVID. So we know that David had COVID. The kids, we just believe, had COVID because David had COVID. I did not stick anything up their nose to figure it out. It was actually irrelevant, but they were snipply and sneezy and nights were tough and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, everyone is back to health. It's all good around here. Weather was great this weekend. Feeling good. And uh, let's get to it. I wanted to frame the show today sort of around this Woody Harrelson appearance on Saturday Night Live. Uh, Saturday Night Live, which I think debuted, if I'm not mistaken, in 1975. It's an old comedy program, and it used to be funny a long, long time ago. Actually, when it debuted, they used to call them the not ready for primetime players because they were sort of out there and politically incorrect and funky and not polished, and they didn't have perfect teeth and perfect hair and all of those things. That's why they put them on late night, you know, 11.30 p.m. on Saturdays, and it was live, so it was funky and weird, and you never knew what was going to happen. Over the course of the last 40 years, it's had iterations where it's kind of gone up and down and moments that were really great and some that were terrible. But, you know, you had the Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd years, which obviously were great. Then you go into the 80s and you've got the Sandler years and David Spade, which were good. And then, you know, little things come and go that are good. You had uh, Norm MacDonald was uh, doing Weekend Update. And anyway, it's become sort of terrible. How about that? For the last, say, 10 years, it's just leftist drivel, nonsense, corporate crap. However, in some bizarre twist, they put Woody Harrelson on this past Saturday. He's got a new movie coming out, so that's usually where they get the guest host, you know, promoting something. They put him on and he started talking about COVID and vaccines and cartels and government and media and multinational corporations. And it was rather interesting that this, this was making its way onto corporate television. Uh, and really, he actually was prescribing some, uh, some answers to some of the nonsense that we're kind of talking about here all the time. Uh, so let me show you a quick little clip. Should we start with a quick clip or we're going we're gonna to do an ad first? We're going to do an ad first. I want you people to eat well before we get into anything COVID related. I want you to eat meat, people. That's what we're talking about. Let me talk to you about Moink real quick. Uh, you know that 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. There's a better way, guys. I want to tell you about Moink. That's moo plus oink. 
Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breast, pork chops, pork chops, salmon fillets, and much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. There's nothing better than cooking their meats on my green egg on a Friday evening, ain't it the truth? Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get a free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, so we got a big show for you. I want to get to the clips quickly. So here is a initial snippet of Woody Harrelson on NBC corporate press, quote unquote, comedy show, Saturday Night Live. Hey, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartels drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is gonna believe that crazy idea? Okay, so this is sort of interesting. Now, Woody Harrelson, a well-known pot smoker, right? So people think of him as just sort of this out there fringe figure, but the corporate press chose to put him on SNL. And then you know when they're writing that monologue, that is looked at not only by the EP, the executive producer of SNL, uh, but you know, someone at NBC Entertainment, it works its way through the lawyers. It's gonna get all the way up. Like there's just no doubt that the highest people at Rockefeller Center in New York City they knew what he was gonna say. So now the question is, why would they allow a monologue, which continued way beyond that, why would they allow for what we were told were conspiracy theories and corporations that were forcing us to be injected and lock, lock us in our homes and all of the collusion that you know a bunch of us crazy fringe right-wingers were talking about, why would they be allowing that on NBC now? And there is a reason for that. I firmly believe there's a reason for that. And what the reason is, is that enough of us have woke up Enough of us have gone from say, woke to awake, and they're realizing they better allow some level of something kinda true on television before every single person realizes what nonsensical BS it is. So it's nice that they put Woody Harrelson out there to give this monologue. You could tell that the audience didn't know what to make of it. Are we allowed to laugh? Because they have to, you know, they're a bunch of lefties. They have to look for approval over what's funny. They can't decide on their own. So they're not sure about that. Uh, to some degree, I think you can argue they put him on to do this because he's thought of a fringe figure, so it just makes the ideas look fringe. But I really think what I just said uh, previously is the right uh, estimation, which is that this is their way of, this is why the system basically always is in charge, why it always manages to survive. Because somehow, all of us say things for a long time and they block us and they silence us and they cancel us and all of that stuff, and we're right-wing maniacs and conspiracy theories, theorists and we're anti-vaxxers. And then suddenly years later, they literally take our positions right in front of our eyes. And what do we do? I saw everyone on Twitter doing this over the last couple of days. Oh my God, it's so amazing. SNL's doing the right thing. It's so great. And it's like, yeah, to some degree, yeah, but also you should know the game that they are playing. But let's continue because Woody Harrelson, uh, about six months ago was on, uh, it was right before I was on, he was on uh, Bill Maher's podcast, the Club Random podcast. Uh, and he was talking 
while stoned, about all of the government and pharma collusion related to blocking cheap drugs. Here's the CDC promoting that we have to do all of these things, right? I just, I don't like profiteering in war, you know? Right. Think of the billions of dollars that have gone to big pharma. But I'm, I was getting back to my original point. The last people I would trust with my health is big pharma and big government because neither one of those strike me as caring entities. Spoken you know? as the perfect redneck hippie. Really, <laughs> if that message doesn't... I mean, the they're notes, all about profit. Exactly. They're all about profit. And both sides and know that. And the profit they've made. I think they've done a lot of studies about vitamin D and how important it was when the people who had low levels, they were much more um, vulnerable to COVID. Why not yeah. tell people that? Can't yeah. you make money selling vitamin D? Is it that kind of, what's the well, worst that could but, happen? But that's just it, man. There was only one thing, you know, ivermectin got made into a, you know, horse tranquilizer, uh, a horse, whatever it is. Which it warm, is, but warm, also warm, warm, used by humans. Uh, it's used by millions and millions, millions of humans. Uh, hydroxychloroquine got uh, made ridiculous. Um, and there was only one thing that could work, and that's the vaccine, right? And so ultimately, because of that, billions of dollars was made. So it's interesting. The reason I'm showing you this is not to tell you that Woody Harrelson is the biggest genius in the world, but isn't he laying out a lot more truth than what you would get from someone at CNN or the New York Times, et cetera, et cetera, right? He's asking the right questions and he's, he's making it personal. I don't believe that big government or big pharma has my own health in their interests. They sort of want us to be weak and unable to do anything or think straight about things and our immune systems compromised so that we can always be on their drugs. Uh, Bill is doing a little bit of kind of defending the system. Can't they make money off vitamin D? Well, the thing is you could just walk outside and get a little sunshine and you'll get your vitamin D. Uh, but as Woody went into further in the SNL uh, monologue, uh, he knew, I think in essence, that the media was gonna come for him. So now watch this. So there, there is a, a guy, I can actually call this guy a journalist. I don't know who he is. He goes by the, uh, the Twitter handle Kanekoa, okay? Uh, and he put together, look at this, this is just wild. Uh, so he, this is after Woody Harrelson's SNL uh, appearance. Woody Harrelson, the biggest drug cartels in the world got get together and buy up all the media. That was an actual quote. Here are four headlines that appeared immediately after on Sunday, yesterday. These are four mainstream Rolling Stone, Daily Beast, HuffPo variety headlines. Rolling Stone, Woody Harrelson spreads anti-vax conspiracies. Daily Beast, Woody Harrelson spews anti-vax conspiracies in rambling SNL monologue. It's almost like they coordinate this stuff. Woody, uh, Huff, Huffington Post, Woody Harrelson rambles about weed, anti-vax conspiracy. Woody Harrelson's SNL monologue makes COVID conspiracy jokes. That one was variety. So they literally prove his point right in front. You guys get this. I don't know how they do it. Is it on a listserv? Do they get it on an email? a memo, are they in a secret group somewhere? I don't know how it happens. But anyone with like a, a roughly, approximately decent sense of what's gone on in the world over the last couple of years would go, Woody Harrelson's not being completely conspiratorial. He's not being completely 
anti-vax. He's anti the way the COVID vaccine was laid out. I don't know all of his feelings on vaccinations, but clearly this is all about COVID. Um, and the way they then coordinate those headlines, it is rather incredible. So I think at that point, once they, once they start coordinating this stuff, I think we can refer to the mainstream media as a cartel. They work in conjunction to take out their enemies. And Woody Harrelson is definitely an enemy at the moment. That being said, he is being let into the system, which is why NBC put him on. So they're telling you now what is, what is acceptable in the Overton window. That's the best way to describe it. Uh, but uh, we have to continue to wake up to this nonsense. And one of the things that a lot of people are waking up to right now is that the lab leak theory, which a bunch of crazy right-wing conspiracy theorists were talking about two and a half years ago, or at least theorizing it might be true because we knew that there was gain-of-function research happening at this Wuhan lab. Uh, well, now it's starting to bubble into the mainstream as well because as I always tell you guys, truth is a time release pill. Truth happens, we can't talk about truth for a long time, and then that time release kicks in, and then suddenly we can go with the truth. Here's the Wall Street Journal this weekend. Just in, US Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak, according to a new classified intelligence report. Well, isn't that something? Isn't that wild? When crazy people like me two years ago were going, I don't know exactly where it came from, but I, I'd be willing to at least entertain that idea. And if you were willing to entertain that idea, again, you were called all of the worst things in the book. You probably had your Twitter account nuked or suspended, Facebook depressed you in the algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but now that we know that it basically is true, and we'll have more on that in just a second, how did the media treat people who talked about the lab leak for the last couple of years? Here's a couple headlines for you. March 21 from CNN, lab leak COVID-19 theory is like something out of a comic book, virologist says. Uh, in February of 23, U.S. Energy Department assesses COVID-19 likely resulted from lab leak, furthering U.S. Intel divide over virus origins. Truth is a time release pill. Uh, here is a headline from CNN. Couple, uh, what was this? This one's about uh, two years ago. Nearly 30% in the US believe a coronavirus theory that's almost certainly not true. Interesting, turned out to be true. Here's Vice News. Trump's Wuhan lab coronavirus conspiracy is bogus, according to uh, everyone. Well, not uh, today. Uh, and then here, this is, this is pretty good. Uh, so there's uh, the editor and chief writer of the Washington Post fact checker unit. And anyone that works at something called a fact checker unit or is a misinformation specialist or a disinformation agent, they usually are just promoters of lies and nonsense and always protecting the machine. So that's what this guy, Glenn Kessler is. But once again, his official title is editor and chief writer of the Washington Post's fact checker. In 2020, uh, in response to Ted Cruz saying that the lab leak theory might be real. This is what Glenn Kessler wrote. I fear Ted Cruz missed the scientific animation in the video that shows how it is virtually impossible for the virus to jump from the lab or the many interviews with actual scientists. We deal in facts and viewers can judge for themselves. Ha ha ha, because then Ted Cruz uh, retweeted that. Gave him a couple Pinocchios. A couple Pinocchios for Glenn uh, because the point is the Washington Post as he's belittling Ted Cruz for not listening to scientists and everything else, it turns out Ted Cruz was right. 
Ted Cruz was, by the way, just theorizing, right? He's linking to an article and theorizing this might be a lab leak. Why is it, this is the question, why is it that the machine was so hell-bent on none of us thinking that it might be a lab leak? Perhaps then it would, it would be because then we'd really have to think about what our relationship with China is, right? And was this a bioweapon? And was this intentional? And did the NIH found, uh, actually fund some of this stuff, which Fauci under oath said that we did not? But we've got quite a segue for you. Uh, here is Fauci contradicting news reports that gain of function was uh, happening at the Wuhan lab uh, funded by the NIH. We, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair. We did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In our health lead, we now know that a bat coronavirus was enhanced in a lab. NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. The National Institutes of Health acknowledged that it funded research of a virus that was studied at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The experiment unexpectedly, we're told, made a bat coronavirus more contagious than the original naturally occurring one. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress and I do not retract that statement. A new letter raising questions about experiments in a Wuhan lab. What was, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. For years, the National Institutes of Health provided grant money to the EcoHealth Alliance Research Group, which conducted experiments with bat coronaviruses in Wuhan, China. Okay, so you really got to understand what Fauci is doing here. He's been caught. Everyone gets it. He's playing, and I think this is what he was doing under oath. He's playing some weird game, whether the NIH funded EcoHealth or how the money got around or whether it was a mistake or not. And that's what his lawyers, you know, once this really bubbles up further, as the truth is that time release bill, and more and more people look into this and go, man, he really did lie under oath because NIH did fund gain-of-function research. They were looking into this coronavirus and then they gain a function. You added a function to it. You add a function to a virus to make it jump to humans. So it can either be used as a bioweapon or so that pharmaceutical companies can come in and be like, oh my God, there's this crazy virus out there. We don't know where it came from, but you're not gonna believe this. We have a vaccine for this thing and it's just been sitting in the chest over there. It's wild. We had it in the basement on ice. Uh, so he will absolutely play semantic games. He was playing semantic games right there. And this is where I keep saying to you guys, the, the Republican party right now, which has been showing some teeth, they've been showing their balls. I know I have to come up with a better metaphor, uh, but, they have a chance now. You have Fauci under oath lying. If Jake Tapper is freaking saying that the NIH was funding it, then at this point, you know it's gotta be true because he had to be dragged to the truth to say it. So we know there is something cooking here. So the Republicans now better go, all right, Fauci, you lied to Congress and we know it. By the way, when I had Rand Paul on, I've had him on many times over the last year, at least three or four times. Uh, I think the last time I had him on, he repeatedly said that he knew, and you could tell by his reaction there, he knew that Fauci was lying. But this cartel that we're talking about is not just a COVID cartel. 
And they're not just going to beat you up over COVID, but it's also going to be about the oncoming war because there is an oncoming war. And it also is going to be about the value of the US dollar because they are doing everything they can to destroy that. But speaking of destruction, uh, this Ukraine-Russia situation is, is spinning out of control incredibly fast. Uh, let me, for the record, because it's a Monday, uh, just say I am not for war. I would prefer not to go into World War III. Uh, I would rather help the people of America, say in East Palestine, who are having some problems uh, because of a massive explosion and chemicals in the water, uh, than continuously giving money uh, to Ukraine with no receipts and having no freaking idea what's going on over there. Uh, but somehow we do everything backwards here, right? We, the media is in it with the politicians. They really, really want not only to keep, continue driving us to the path towards war, uh, but to make sure that if you somehow ask a question about that, you will be thought of as a Russian stooge or a Putin operative or you're on the take or something like that. But here, let's listen to Zelensky. Zelensky, of course, is the president of Ukraine who is now a hero. He shows up to the Grammys and the Oscars. He meets with all the presidents. He demands things. He gives nothing in return. You have to do what he wants. And uh, here he is thanking American journalists and a couple other people, but journalists for their uncritical support of Ukraine. I would like to thank all of the American people that are supporting Ukraine, the Congress, the president, the TV uh, channels, the journalists, and everyone that has been supporting us. Pretty good when you got the Congress. Yeah, they're writing the checks. You got the president. Yeah, he's just a stooge. He'll do whatever you want because his son was somehow involved in some major corruption in Ukraine. But, you know, we weren't allowed to talk about that for a couple of years. You got the TV channels and the journalists. Boy, it's almost like you guys have the machine and you're sending all sorts of money there with no receipts attached. So a whole bunch of people can get rich on the war machine. It's almost like we've seen this script before, right? I think we've seen this script once or twice before. Say, Iraq war, not that long ago, about 20 years. Say Afghanistan war, not that long ago, about 20 years, lasted about 20 years. You guys got it. But now watch Zelensky, and this is just incredible. It's the tone that he, he speaks in uh, that really drives me wild because you would think that if your country, remember, Kamala Harris said it herself, Russia big, Ukraine small. So if your country was being obliterated and blown apart and all your people were being killed and there was a massive invasion and all of this stuff, you'd think, well, first off, I don't know how you have time to go to the Grammys and everything else. That, that seems like that would be low on the list, but okay, that maybe that's just me. Um, but you would think that it, when you're out there communicating, hey, Ukraine needs help, that there would be some level of, um, not decency, that there would be some level of contriteness relative to your problem, right? You wouldn't be demanding people uh, do things. You would be asking people to do things. You wouldn't be making the case. But oddly, the case has been made for him. So all he has to do out there is basically say, give me money. And if you don't give me money, uh, some really bad stuff is going to happen. It's really wild. Listen to this one. And uh, uh, I'm actually very happy that we have bipartisan support, but uh, we keep hearing those messages from time to time, and they're dangerous. 
there are political leaders that are elected by people and if this issue is raised, uh, those political leaders need to be responsible and cautious because people are looking at them. Who wants a third world war? Would anyone uh, risk? Would anyone be willing to accept that risk? Russia is going to enter Baltic states, NATO member states, and then the U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war, and they will have to fight because it's uh, NATO that we're talking about, and they will be dying. Guys, if you don't do exactly what he wants, and really what he's trying to do there is threaten Republican presidential candidates. If we get a new administration and they're less into this Ukraine thing, then it's gonna lead to world war. He's literally saying, if you don't fund the march towards war, we're going to have World War III. That's what he's saying. Most, from what I would say, are, are sane, sober foreign policy experts uh, and just decent citizens of the United States are going, we have a lot of problems here. Uh, we are in massive debt. We're having crazy inflation. The president's got dementia. Bunch of problems here at the home front. Maybe we can't just fund this thing endlessly. And then every two weeks, Lindsey Graham or some other clown comes out and says, give them 12 more planes and everyone votes on it and take the planes and put some cash on those planes, right? You can't just give them a plane without any cash. People like you know, it's like when you win the jackpot, you want like a fancy car to show up and you open up the door and there's a bunch of cash in there too. Enough, enough. But he's basically threatening us. And it seems odd. Again, if you were the guy that was on the brunt of this horrific war, and that is not a defense of anything that Russia is doing, you would be a little more understanding of the concerns of the average American or the average person in any NATO country who's gonna foot the bill on this and have their children go out there um, if we just stop, like, let's put it this way, guys, really think about it. If we just stopped right now, if we just said, Hey, starting today, actually we're, we got in a little over our heads. Uh, we're going to ease up on this war thing. We're, we're not going to give you money for a little bit. Let, let's see if maybe you guys can figure it out. And then maybe Zelensky would have to say, Oh, I guess the, the endless war machine and the war chest is running out of money. I'm running out of ammo. Uh, maybe I will have to negotiate with Putin. And maybe that's not the funnest idea. And maybe Putin is a completely bad faith actor. But do you think that gets us closer or further away to war? That gets us clearly further away to war. But if we keep funding war, he's telling us the reverse of the truth. If you don't endlessly fund it, endlessly give me the guns, the weapons and all that stuff, somehow that will end us in World War III. And I'm telling you guys, for some reason, these wackadoodles would like to take us to World War III. I don't know if they have a serious spiritual problem or what's going on here, but here is National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan uh, being asked about the potential of World War III. And if you think this is gonna make you feel comfortable, I have to, do we have a warning? A, this will not make you feel comfortable warning? We don't have such a warning? Well, I'm just telling you guys, this ain't gonna make you feel comfortable. Can you level with the American people about what expectations should be? Could there still be a, a full-blown war going on a year from now on the second anniversary that the U.S. is still supporting at the levels it is now? I can level with the American people in saying that war is unpredictable. I cannot predict the future, and nor can anyone else, and anyone who is suggesting they can define for you how and when this war will end is not leveling with the American people or anyone else.
I can predict the future. I can predict the future. That's what you did there, dude. Uh, that's a bit of a problem. I, I get that you can't predict the future. You can't predict the future. We don't know war is weird. Uh, international relations are weird. But you must understand the guiding principle of this government is to continue this war. Why is it just somebody please, and no one can ever explain it, someone explain to simple Dave Rubin via email or you can, you know, write in the locals community or in YouTube comments, someone explain to simple Dave Rubin. Say, Dave, you're a simple man. You don't understand. We have to give $100 billion to this foreign country to support their war effort. And we can't give one hundredth of that, $1 billion to the people of East Palestine, because here are the reasons. For some reason, no one will explain that. Why can't a hundredth of what we've given to this foreign country that is demanding more and more and more to continue a war that we are now in? It has not been declared, but we are at war. Make no mistake about it. We can't do any of that back home. Why can't we? Because we are governed by complete idiots. Here is Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on uh, who's paying for this. And I think he's, uh, well, he kind of gets it right, but I don't really like this guy or how he says things. There's trying times in America for people financially. And oftentimes we might sit back and hear about what's happening in Ukraine and hear about the money that U.S. is pouring into Ukraine um, and the resources that we're pouring into Ukraine. Why are we doing that for those that are watching and, and asking that same question? So first, uh, taxpayers have been incredibly generous, and we have to make sure that we're using their money wisely in Ukraine. <laughs> the taxpayers have been incredibly genuous, generous. Have you guys, did you get a call? I, I, you know, I don't pick up spam calls. So it's possible I might've got a call from the government and it just said spam, so I didn't pick it up. And they were like, would you like to give your money to Ukraine? We've been incredibly gen generous. You guys are stealing our money. You are stealing our money. You're turning more people into libertarians any given day, right? The average person that is paying any level of attention right now is going, yeah, taxation is theft because you're taking our money to fund your adventure. So please do not pretend that we are being generous. You are a thief and a criminal, Blinken. That's what you are. So what does this all do then? It gives a great avenue to a guy like Donald Trump. And this is where Donald Trump absolutely excels. Donald Trump excels when it's talking directly to the people about the evil sucking monster machine. And, and this is what he did. He went to the ground. He, Biden refused to go, right? Gay Pete didn't go. So Trump says, I'm going to East Palestine. I'm showing up at McDonald's. I'm going to bring some food and water. And I'm going to talk to the actual people there. What this community needs now are not excuses and uh, all of the other things you've been hearing, but answers and results, and that's what I think you're going to say. See, uh, Norfolk Southern needs to fulfill its responsibilities and obligations, and I see that they're starting to come here now, too, because they also were saying they're not coming. But it means that the affected communities beyond the borders of East Palestine are uh, going to be taken care of. And they've said so, and they've said it loud and clear, and I think they probably mean it. I sincerely hope that when your representatives and all of the politicians get here, including Biden, they get back from touring Ukraine, that he's got some money left over, because we're now at $117 billion. And as you probably know, Europe, when you add it all up, is at about $10 billion. That's a big difference, wouldn't you say?
that's Trump at his best, right? That's when he's with the people and the people support him and he's standing up to the machine. And as he said, 117 billion now. So now Biden has still not been there. I'm gonna show you a clip on Biden discussing this in just a second. But why is it that when Gay Pete showed up two days later after Trump, and Trump got an incredibly wonderful warm ovation, Pete did not, and he shows up in his little hat and his vest and he pretends he knows what he's doing and all of that stuff, and nobody's happy that he's there. Why is it that he wasn't able to show up with, I don't know, 20 million bucks? Not 117 billion, a lot of zeros, but uh, how about 20 million bucks? We're gonna help you guys figure this out. But he couldn't do that. Very, very curious. And Biden has no plans on going because he sent the EPA, as if the EPA does absolutely anything. Take a look. It's been three weeks now since the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, as you know. The mayor says he saw you in Ukraine, and he says it tells you he doesn't care about us. And they're asking, is the president coming to Ohio? Do you have any plan to travel to Ohio, and have you talked with the mayor yet? Let's put this in perspective. Within two hours of that derailment, the EPA was in there. Within two hours. Every major agency in the United States government that had anything to do with rail and or cleanup was there and is there. He's completely missing the point. I accept that the EPA was there. I don't know that the two hour thing was right. And I certainly doubt that every agency that would be involved in something of this magnitude was there in two hours. But let's say they all got there within 24 hours. I'm not even sure that's true, but I'll, I'll, in this case, I'm gonna grant him a long leash on this one. That's fine. And let's hope they're doing the appropriate work. I don't really think that they are. They're telling people literally to drink the tap water. Meanwhile, J.D. Vance, Senator from Ohio, is out there with a stick in the river showing that there is, there is glowing goo basically in the water that feeds 10% of the United States. But let's just assume Biden is telling you the truth on all of that. He's still missing the point, which is why don't you show up that there are a good amount of people in the United States of America who think that you, Joe Biden, don't care about America. You care about spending more time giving money to people overseas for their adventures rather than just showing up just showing up. So this is a great opportunity for Trump. He took advantage of it. I think Biden and Pete and this whole administration look completely ridiculous. But one of the things that you also have to know, and I know you guys know this, is that the bigger issue here is that how this information gets translated to the people is always through a leftist lens. So here is CNN's John Avlon saying comparing Trump going to East Palestine and Biden going to Ukraine are just complete BS. It, everything, basically everything that I've just defended here and laid out for you is just complete nonsense. You can't compare these two things. The, the criticizing Biden for being overseas in Ukraine on the, in, even the one year anniversary and not being in Ohio is a total false equivalence. It's complete BS. Um, and, 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 you know, you can do both and you should do both. And Biden should go to that community. Um, but the preeminent responsibility is leading an international coalition to stop uh, Russian aggression and, and to, to, to try to undercut that under the auspices of America first and, and, and photo ops at McDonald's passing out branded water isn't isn't a sufficient response. As you said, it's personal for you. Your family yeah. is from there and uh, you bring great perspective, John. Thank you. That's great perspective, John. Your family is from there and you want them drinking toxic piss. You're such a great man. You are such a wonderful dude, John Ablon, because it's the one year of Ukraine, so Biden's gotta be there. That line, that line, the preeminent responsibility of the president is to stop Russia? Uh, you guys would have to clarify this, but when they swear the president in on the, uh, 
on the Bible and they talk about the Constitution and all that. Is there anything about stopping Russia or is it something about protecting the rights of Americans? And yeah, I can't remember all of it right now, you know what I mean? It's nonsense, but they put that up there and then I would imagine the average clapping seal that watches CNN is like, oh my God, it's right. And he's from there and he obviously likes toxic sludge and ugh. Anyway, this is what they do. They carry water for the machine. If this was reversed, you really must understand this, guys. I, again, and I know you know it. It's a problem that I have that my audience is bright. Most people have audiences that are stupid. So you have to explain everything to them. But as I keep saying, sometimes I think I can just kind of look at you and you'll get what I'm doing here already. Uh, if this was reversed and Trump was president right now and there, was be a, and there was a war in Russia, first off, everyone would be blaming Trump for it, right? They'd say this is because Trump is weak on Putin and that's why he did it. Even though in reality, Putin did nothing for four years. He did a bunch of shit like take Crimea under Obama, did nothing under Trump. Now he's back that, that Trump's out. But if this was happening under Trump, they'd be telling you that Trump and Putin are, Putin are in cahoots and it's a horrific, offensive disaster. That same guy, John Avlon, would be on CNN saying, I'm from East Palestine and my relatives are drinking toxic sludge and I blame Orange Man. This is what they do with everything. But what else do they do with everything? They racialize everything. That's what they've got to do. So there was a clip this weekend, again, from CNN of actor Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, he was, uh, he was the dentist in Seinfeld. What else was he in? He was in Breaking Bad. That's the big one, right? And then he was in Malcolm in the Middle or something. He wasn't he the dad in Malcolm in the Middle. Anyway, he's an actor. And one of the things you need to know about actors is they don't really do anything. They do something called acting. They pretend to do things, and then some of them are quite good at it, so you think they're doing the thing, but really what they are are just sort of adult-aged children pretending to be on a spaceship or pretending to be on an island or pretending to sell meth, but they don't really do those things. I, well, I would imagine some of them sell meth. Anyway, here he is talking to Chris Wallace on CNN about MAGA and racism, and you know black people shouldn't be happy in this country because it's terrible. How did we get to a point where we treated other human beings as slaves and, and we're okay with that? When I, when I see the, the Make America Great Again, my comment is, do you, do, you, do you accept that that could possibly be construed as a racist remark? And most people, a lot of people go, how could that be racist? Make America great again? I said, so just ask yourself from, from an African-American experience, when was it ever great in America for the African-American? When was it great? So if you're making it great again, it's not including them. So it's, it's to teach us in the woke world to open up and, and accept the possibilities that our privilege has created blind spots for us. And maybe I haven't seen what is really happening yet in all my years. Oh, Brian Cranston in the woke world, you pathetic pandering buffoon. First off, America is the least racist nation in the history of the world. That is why black people, white people, Asian people, and all sorts of other people still wanna come here and still nobody leaves. Uh, America has been quite good to everyone despite historic injustices. You know what we did? We fought a civil war, literally brothers killing brothers, uncles killing nephews, to end slavery. 
and that this clown, Brian Cranston, that he thinks he's so much better than George Washington, right? Because how could we get to this point when humans own slave, slaves? You know that slavery was the way of the world and the United States in the last 200 plus years was the country that really ended it quicker than anybody else, that African nations were selling slaves to other Africans, black people selling slaves to black people. And there's still slavery in the modern world. See what's going on in parts of the Middle East and how they built that World Cup thing in Qatar. Um, but he, how could we do this? How could we do this? How, George, I, imagine he thinks he's better than George Washington. He literally thinks he's better than George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. You pandering woke world buffoon. If you really believe that, give up all your money. Give up all your money. Never take another acting gig, Brian Cranston. There is no gig that you're doing in acting that a black man can't do. And you're just in the way for that black man. So why are you so racist, Brian Cranston? Give a good young black actor your residual payments for being Dr. Dr. on Seinfeld. Dr. What the? Uh, Tim Watley, thank you. Figured it out. Got it on my own before you could even Google it. You were in Seinfeld for about four episodes as Tim Watley. Okay, you know what you did as Tim Watley? You were a Christian who converted to Judaism for the jokes. You owe the Jews, okay? These people are just absolutely ridiculous. But I'm showing you that not even to make fun of Brian Cranston. Who cares about another just actor that's stupid and woke? Like, you guys get that. This is how the mainstream media pushes these narratives on people endlessly. What's the other one they're really pushing on people? Well, it's that Florida is racist and our governor is racist and everyone here is racist. I was with the governor this weekend for a couple day education conference, the Florida Blueprint uh, event, and uh, I didn't hear anything about racism or anything that would be construed as racism. I heard about how we could teach kids, how not indoctrinate them. I heard things of that nature. Uh, but I did not hear, oh, we don't like black people or something like that. Uh, here's video of CBS's Michelle Miller suggesting that Florida is banning books that have black characters in them. Hint, it's not true. An important footnote to the story, Solway has been banned in some Florida schools and might be banned statewide under the Stop Woke Act. Harrison says it's disappointing and upsetting, but she will continue to work on stories with diverse characters. The fact that Solway, a character trying to find her identity and be okay with it, would be banned because she's a black character. She just couldn't believe it. Uh, but these are stories for everyone. Well, when she was describing Big, I was like, oh my God, I wish that had existed when I was a kid. I love that story. Love the vibrancy of the work. I mean, yeah, it just jumps beautiful. off the page. Yeah. God, and that white guy, my God, I'm gonna keep my job because it jumps off the page. I'm white, I'm hanging on by a thread over here unless I say something pandering. So of course, it is not true what they just said there. A little context, let's give you some context. Uh, Solway, the book banning, it appears that, and this is according to Yahoo News, that none of the books have been banned, but some books have been temporarily pulled while they are reviewing some of this literature, right? Because there's also all of these books where they are literally teaching fourth graders how to give hand jobs, which is generally not thought of as a good thing. If you want a little more context about what Solway actually is, uh, it is by Lupita Nyong'o and Vashti Harrison. It's a children's book about colorism and self-esteem. A dark-skinned Kenyan girl named Solway, which means star, wishes she had lighter skin like her sister until a magical journey changes her life and helps her see beauty. Okay, so I don't know everything about the freaking book, but Brian Griffin, who is uh, Governor DeSantis's press secretary, well, here's what he had to say about it. 
America, here's Michelle Miller lying to your face on CBS with zero accountability from her co-hosts or network. No book in Florida is banned statewide. This is the official representative of DeSantis. And no book would be permissibly removed from a classroom for having a black character. They want you to be misinformed. So do you see how they do this? What they're really trying to make this sound like, if you watch the clip that we just played, it's somehow it's because she's black and they don't want you hearing about a black character in a book. They are looking into some books to see has critical race theory leaked into this stuff? Has this gender queer lunacy leaked into this stuff? Are they teaching neo-racism to kids? So they are looking into some things, which actually is, I would say at this point, if you believe in state education at any level, and I think there's a good debate to have there whether we should have public schools at all anymore. But if you believe that they should, then the state has to decide, well, what is appropriate for kids? So they're looking into some things. Uh, Chris Rufo from the Manhattan Institute, who you guys know, he's been on the show a few times. He's helping Ron DeSantis clean up some of this stuff here in Florida. And he's going to be working at New School on the West Coast on the board over there to really help get DIE out of whatever institutions remain in Florida. Uh, he had a tweet relative to what's going on here in terms of the DEI, the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Bureaucracy, uh, related to the administration. He said, Biden's new executive order creating a national diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucracy has a special mandate for woke AI. The order instructs the federal government to protect the public from algorithmic disinformation and to deploy AI systems in a manner that advance equity. Do you understand that before I read the specific part there? the a manner that advance equity. Equity is counter to all of our founding documents, which were about equality. We cannot guarantee that everyone ends up in the same spot. The best we can do is give you an even playing field and hope and with the little hard work that you're gonna figure it out for, for yourselves. So look at section B here, the red highlighted box. When designing, developing, and acquiring, acquiring and using artificial intelligence and automated systems in the federal government, agencies shall do so consistent with applicable laws in a manner that advances equity. Guys, do you understand this is like Terminator 2 Skynet stuff? If Skynet had turned on and instead of trying to kill all the people and all the Terminators getting out there trying to kill John Connor, if basically they had just, the machines had turned on and they started walking into offices and taking out all the white executives and basically making it so that the exact proportion of white people to uh, black people, to Asian people, to gay people, to trans people, to black, and the Terminators would force us to do all of that. Equity is against the American experiment. Equity is, is socialism and communism on steroids, okay? Uh, the idea that they are, are designing government computer systems using AI, you can see, man, you could really see it. It's like, if you, if you think that big tech has not been bad enough, well, wait till woke AI has taken over. And, and we've talked about it a little bit on the show. It's already completely infected chat GPT. I mean, there's, there's huge problems here. So what are the solutions? You know that we here at the Rubin Report we like solutions. We need solutions in terms of the government, in terms of the media, in terms of these multinational corporations before they kill us, basically, because they're turning on Skynet, they're putting diseases out there. They don't like us and we don't like them. So what do we do? We actually just have to make sure that this machine is starved. So Ron DeSantis, and by the way, I said I would say it uh, on the show on Thursday or Friday, I said if I got any uh, insider information about him running, I would tell you on the show today, I did not, I did not. There were a bunch of 
congressmen and senators there, which was interesting. Uh, some of the people that were at the event that I was at included uh, Kim Reynolds, who's the governor of uh, Iowa. There was uh, Ron Johnson, senator from Tennessee. Thomas Massey from Kentucky was there. Chip Roy was there. It was actually the more right-leaning. Mike Lee, uh, senator from Utah. It was the more right-leaning people. So it's kind of funny because Trump's been going off on DeSantis. He's a rhino globalist. But all of the people at the conference that we were at, they were all like the liberty people, the, the true right-wing freedom people. So that argument is probably not gonna work for Trump. He's gonna have to move on that one. But anyway, what do you do? You starve the beast. You actually get rid of this permanent state, this endless bureaucratic control of all of our lives. And that's exactly what Ron DeSantis is planning. Look at like all these entrenched bureaucrats, CDC, NIH, FD, they need to be cleaned out because they totally failed uh, and they're not uh, advocating for the best interests of the people uh, of this country. Uh, it's been a total disaster. There's a proposal uh, that I think a lot of us wanted to see under the prior administration to, to do a Schedule F. So anybody that has any policy role is classified as a Schedule F and they can be removed uh, by, by the president. The, the left would litigate that, but I honestly think we would win on that in the Supreme Court. And I also think it's one thing to have some type of job rules for the, the bowels of the bureaucracy, like your supervisor, what they can do. President of the United States has Article II power. Who controls the executive branch? Right. Is it the elected president or is it some bureaucrat in the bowels of the bureaucracy that can't be fired? And so I think push needs to come to shove on this. But whoever gets a majority of the Electoral College is, has the right to impose their agenda mm -hmm. through the executive branch. Right. And what they did with President Trump was basically try to nullify the election through not only bureaucratic intransigence, but malfeasance with the collusion hoax and some of those things. And so reconstitutionalizing government starts with reconstitutionalizing the executive branch under Article 2. You know why that's so good? It's because he's able to tell you something that's true, right? Like what actually the powers of the executive branch are and how they were undermined when Trump was president. Uh, but he's able to explain it in a way that shows his competency and, and I would say potentially what he might do if he was to make it all the way to the White House. Um, in essence, what he's saying there, it is, it, it started with Trump for sure, like drain the swamp. He's saying these bureaucrats, they gotta go. These people who stay in government in DC forever, and then we wonder why things always get worse, why budgets always get bigger, why the dollar always becomes worth less, why the machine is always growing. Well, it's because there is an entire system that has been set up to never shrink, but there are ways. I mean, that's really what he's saying about Schedule F. There are ways to shrink it. And if we don't, we will end up with a system that has nothing to do with the system that our founders intended. And our founders were big on an F word, freedom. They loved freedom. And uh, they would be very disappointed if they saw what was going on here today. Uh, DeSantis talked a bit about that to Mark Levin as well. You're conservative. What does that mean to you? Well, I think the foundation of it is understanding uh, the American project. Our rights come from God, not from the government. The founders rejected the divine right of kings, and it used to be some people did have rights, but it was a courtesy of the state. So that's not how our system works. We have these God-given rights. We loan power to the government under a constitution to protect those rights. And I think that what we've seen in more modern society 
is we've seen an unmooring of those constitutional foundations. We have an administrative state uh, which is totally out of control. Uh, it violates people's freedoms. It's really been weaponized against factions of the country that, that the ruling class doesn't like. And it's, it, we need to reconstitutionalize uh, this government. But, but what we're facing now, uh, I think, is not what the founders intended in terms of how this government should be operating. He can explain it, and he gets it. That is a competent and, and clear explanation of what he sees government's role is, and perhaps, again, what his future role might be. So what do we do with all of this? Well, one of the things is you can't just get out there and say, well, here's how we were founded, here's what the right ideas are, and, and gosh, I do hope that a whole bunch of people join me on this adventure. And why can't you do that? Because right now we have a media and big tech system in place that basically lies about everything, as I laid out today and we lay out on the show every, every day. Uh, they lie about everything and they make sure that a certain amount of people will never know the truth. And when you never know the truth and when you're in state education and everything else, you're going to basically breed a generation of stupid people um, to no fault of their own, actually, who will always be dependent on the system and they will always hear meaningless slogans and applaud meaningless slogans and they will be fearful of hard truths and everything else. Uh, so there are ways to do this. Imagine if a president, say DeSantis, but say Trump or whoever it might be, actually got in there and this time, and, and even if it was Trump, let's not, we don't have to make this all about DeSantis, but imagine if Trump was able to get in there this time. And when he was talking about draining the swamp last time and he just couldn't do it, he was overwhelmed by bad actors and leakers and everything else. But imagine if this time he came in with the intention, this is my number one goal, this is the biggest problem in America, we're gonna blow this thing apart. Or DeSantis did it, right? Things could start changing. But you know what, we'd still, we'd still need to build new things. Because first off, you can't just blow away and, and disassemble huge parts of the government and, and not expect them to be replaced by something. But it's not that. Even if they went ahead and did that, you'd still need to build new tech and new media to make sure the people understood what was going on. Because if a Trump or a DeSantis go in there and they hack it away, they hack away at the deep state and they actually start firing bureaucrats and they actually start freeing the people and returning us back to freedom, do you know what the mainstream media will call it? They will call it fascism and Nazism and everything else. So we need to build new products to enable us to get the messaging out. And that's why, and this is a beautiful ending to today's show, I am so freaking proud of where I was for the last couple of days. I was up in Longboat Key, which is right by Sarasota, west coast of Florida, where Rumble officially opened their US headquarters. I was at the annual meeting. I did a little talk uh, for some of the new employees. I was at the annual meeting last year when Rumble had about 30 employees. Now we've got about, I think, 120 or 140 employees. The company obviously subsequently went public. Locals has offices in Miami. Rumble has offices in Sarasota. We've got tons of people who are, who are employed and now living in Florida, tasting freedom, enjoying the fruits of their labor, building, building new pipes for the internet, literally. We cut the blue ribbon on Friday I had to leave at that point because I was actually going to West Palm to do this event with DeSantis. So also DeSantis couldn't be there, but he did send this congratulatory video and I just wanted to play it for you. It's about a minute long. Hi, I'm Governor Ron DeSantis and I wanna congratulate all of you at Rumble as you open your US headquarters here in Florida. Ever since the big tech censorship regime at Google tried to silence me on YouTube, my official office has adopted Rumble as our video sharing service of choice because Rumble stands for freedom of speech.
While the federal government has failed to rein in the overreach of the big tech behemoths that you at Rumble are taking on, we will be protecting Floridians with a digital bill of rights to safeguard data privacy, and we will prohibit government agents from coordinating with big tech to police or censor your speech. For two years, I've been able to boycott Google YouTube because Rumble has been there as a backstop, allowing us to speak truth when others tried to shut us down. So welcome to the USA, welcome to Florida, and know that you've got my business because you believe in the importance of the First Amendment and the freedom of speech that we hold dear. I have to say, guys, I have to kind of pat myself on the back. I try not to do it that often here, but I'm so proud that I, I built something in Locals that eventually merged with something like Rumble to not only have these offices here, but to be housed here and to have a, a, a governor and a system here that is defending the very things that I talk about every day in my life. Like that is called cohesion. That That is, you know, those those lines and those tracks in life, you know, sometimes your professional life is way ahead of your personal life or your personal life's way ahead of your professional life or your spiritual life. And what you're trying to do with as many tracks as you have is to get them to mostly line up. And when I saw that video, I saw it a couple of days ago for the first time, I was like, man, I know that what I'm doing here is right. And we are fighting for the right things and we are just going to keep fighting. And I thank you guys for being on that adventure with us, it is Meme Monday over at the Ruben Report Locals community. Here's the one that I put up. This is, this is an oldie, but a goodie. I saw this one originally probably a couple of years ago, but it just popped into my feed over the weekend and I thought we'd post this one and you can see the socialist about to shoot the capitalist who is actually keeping the board balanced and he's going to go over the cliff, be it the actual cliff or the fiscal cliff. Uh, if you wanna join us, a couple hundred people have already put their memes in, uh, go ahead. Post-game show coming up uh, very shortly. We've got a cold close for you, a big week. Oh, I'm, I'm interviewing the governor today. <laughs> How about that? That's a nice ending to this whole thing. I'm interviewing the governor. I'm heading over to the local studio in a little bit. I'm interviewing the governor in just a bit and a couple other things. So we'll keep you posted on when we are posting that. His book actually comes out tomorrow. So I think we're gonna touch on that a little bit. But I said to his guys, do you want me to focus on the book? And they said, actually focus on policy. Kind of tells you everything you need to know about the guy. Anyway, we leave you with the uh, that lady pretending to be VP, and we'll be uh, back with the post-game show in about 37 seconds. Adios. Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners, like former leader Hoyer, current leader Hoyer, um, to lower the cost for the people of our nation, because you are a leader, for working families. We have reduced heating and electricity bills. So folks have more money in their pocket to buy things like school supplies, replace the dishwasher, or take a family vacation. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.